I should put that somewhere on my resume. Richard yeah. Branson called me a fit bastard. The, the way to kill a joint is to not move it. There's not one person I've ever met who, oh, wow, you just have it all together. <laughs> they may have their business together, but they don't have other things together. We're all humans in progress. There's, there's no diet that's going to make you stronger or to build muscle without that stimulus of exercise. Form follows function. Your body will take on the look, the form, the shape of what you repeatedly ask it to do. Single best way to reduce stress. I got it. Hey guys, Ryan Muncy here. You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks makes 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more on building optimal mental and physical performance into your life, check out naturalstacks.com. Okay, quick reminders, um, video version of this podcast, blog post, links, show notes, resources, all that stuff is going to be at naturalstacks.com. Um, our guest this week is Ted Rice. Ted is an amazing individual. His life story is, is stranger than fiction. Um, and uh, really cool guy. He's been through a lot. He's got a lot of tools in his toolbox to help people. Like I said, he's been in the fitness industry for 17 years. So he and I really nerd out on some cool exercise stuff for you guys to help build your health and fitness side, that, that physical performance side. Um, Ted talks about some, uh, some cardio and some workout techniques that um, are, are even new to me. So I know you guys are really going to enjoy going to enjoy this. We talk a lot about stress reduction. Um, Ted's had some tragedy in, in his life in the past. He talks about how to reframe tragedies, how to uh, use what we've been through uh, as an opportunity to put tools in our toolbox to help other people along their journey and their pathway. Um, uh, we talk about energy systems, um, how to uh, build those into your different workouts. Um, there's some, some truths in here about nutrition and fitness, uh, just an all around really great episode. I uh, know you guys are going to enjoy this one. So please uh, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the show, share the optimal performance podcast, uh, with your friends, your family, anybody, you know, um, who would benefit from what we're doing here. And, you know, thank you guys for being a part of this. Thank you guys for listening and, and sharing your time with us. It really means a lot to uh, to me and to everybody else at Natural Stacks. So have an awesome day. Enjoy this episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Ryan Muncy is probably the smartest guy I know. Trust me, Muncy is the nutrition guy. Ryan Muncy's out there trying to make the world better for all of us. The Optimal Performance Podcast is bold, edgy, creative, entertaining. Epic. Ryan Muncy is my go-to guy. Ryan Muncy is he's the first guy I call. He's making people's lives better. Ryan Muncy's an innovator. All right, Ted, welcome to the show. Really excited to be here, Ryan. You, I had you on my show. Big fan of Natural Stacks, and uh, I'm a listener of uh, Optimal Performance as well. So we're really excited to, to do this. I mean, you're you're the host of your show, Legendary Life Podcast. This is Optimal Performance things that go hand in hand. Um, before we really dive in, you know, what we've got planned for the day, 
let's give our listeners a little bit of background on you. Um, you know, I, I told you earlier that uh, I was going to copy and paste your uh, email signature that you think is a little over the top. So I'll read that part. And then you you just kind of tell us, you know, how you got to where you are today. Um, sure. Because uh, I know you, part of your story is is crucial to, to who you are and how you got here. Uh, I know it's a story that you've told a lot and you and I talked about, you know, we'll mention it, but it won't be the focal point of, of why you're on the show. Um, but uh, for you guys listening, Ted is a keynote speaker. He's a celebrity trainer, peak performance coach, uh, corporate wellness expert and founder and host of the Legendary Life podcast and media. So uh, Ted's an awesome dude. We, we've connected a couple of times. Um, Ted, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, and about the uh, so I have a partner who's more. Before we I get into that, she's more the marketing side, the business side. I just I love sharing information with people. I love helping people achieve their goals, and she makes me put the celebrity trainer thing on there. And uh, you know, I feel it feels a little silly, but she says I need to do it. So I am not good at business. So that's uh, so I follow her lead there. So one quick question. Does that mean sure. you, you train celebrities or that you are a celebrity trainer? You know, that's a good question. I have trained celebrities is okay. what I think she's trying to convey. I, I worked with, uh, and to answer your question on how I got into this whole thing, I, uh, I've been a health and fitness professional for the past 17 years in Miami beach, Florida. I worked with guys like Richard Branson, Robert Downey Jr., Ricky Martin. That was all kind of in the past. Uh, most of my current clients are CEOs of multi-million dollar companies, uh, which which I say and sounds really cool, but these guys, <laughs> man, they're stressed out like crazy. They're like, I gotta find a CEO for my business. And you know, uh, so so I I I say that because it's true. Um uh and also, yes, I I did my uh I'm a keynote speaker. I love giving talks, I love helping people achieve what they want. I love to do it live because there's something about doing something live that just online, even, even as great it is as it is to be on here speaking with you, Ryan, that live connection uh, is just, you can't be, uh, you, nothing compares. No, I, I would agree with that completely. And it's, it's like, uh, it's that group flow. Uh, I don't know if you've read Rise of Superman, but when they talk about group flow, you get in that flow state and all these the, the neurotransmitters and the hormones and the endorphins, I mean, just the, the, the real connection is just so much stronger. So I, I can relate to that. Yeah, huge fan of Steven. Had him on the show a couple times. And yeah, I forgot I was on Optimal Performance so we could really geek out. Yes. We are huge social beings and there's no, amount of, uh, there's no amount of online interaction that can make our neurotransmitters fire like in-person connection. Absolutely. There you go. Well said. So uh, run us through your story real fast. Sure. Um, so again, I was a health and fitness or am a health and fitness professional, but the way I got into this is not probably what you would think. I uh, had a lot of tragedies in my life. I was actually, uh, I, I was not a good student in high school. My mom died in a car accident. She was actually mentally ill 
And when I say car accident, she ran a police roadblock and, and ran into a, 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 a tree and died instantly. And there was no signs of breaking. So it was really like more like a suicide, although I'll never know what was going on. She was uh, she wasn't, um, I guess, formally diagnosed because in those days they weren't it, it, the neuro uh, science, the uh, neuropsychology wasn't quite to where it is today. But she was she was psychotic, right? Bipolar or. Uh, schizophrenic. They weren't quite sure in those days. Um, and, and it led me down a dark road in high school. Got in a lot of trouble, did poorly in school, although I read a lot during that time. Finally made it through that dark time and, and started to move out of the uh, sadness And when I, when I got into college. And I started to become fascinated with neuroscience. And I wanted to become neuroscientist. I wanted to study that even though it was uh, an interdisciplinary major at the time. It wasn't even a full-blown thing that you could study yet. Uh, and, I, and I wanted to get into that because I was fascinated with how my mother struggled with her mental, mental illness and how I struggled in grieving, in the grieving process and dealing with things. And I think we can all relate to that how sometimes we feel like our brains are in more control of ourselves than the other way around. And unfortunately that, that streak wouldn't, that winning streak I was on, it, it, it didn't last long. My brother was, uh, my brother went missing. It became big news where I lived in Miami because my parents were two successful attorneys. It wasn't the type of thing that typically happened to people at their level. They were, you know, had, the perfect life that uh, not really, but that's how most people would, would view it because they were just on their way up. And it turned out that uh, he was kidnapped and murdered, became a huge case here. And it's something that put me down in a very dark place, even darker than my mother's death. And it made me, it put me in a place that I had to get out of and, Fitness was the vehicle that started that process for me. So I wasn't a jock in high school like you were, Ryan. I know. Uh, I, I, I did martial arts. I, I wasn't on the football team or I didn't play any of those team sports. I never did well in them. I did well in uh, martial arts. Um, so I was always kind of an outsider like that. And I got into health and fitness because I wanted to heal myself. And it was through serendipity, actually that I met some personal trainers, saw that what they were doing after wandering for wandering aimlessly for a couple of years after my brother's uh, murder. And uh, I said, I, I was doing something. I, I dropped out of school. I was doing something that I had zero passion for, but I needed to put food on the table and pay rent. And I met these guys and I've never heard of anything so crazy. You, so I asked if you come to work in a tank top and warm up pants and you get people in shape and you get paid $75 an hour. That's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Where do I sign up? <laughs> and I, I quit my job at the time. That was terrible. I had a terrible boss. Uh, and I spent the last amount of money that I had on getting a personal trainer certification. Got into the fitness industry and it, it's been a wild ride. Uh, lots of ups, mostly ups. Lots of downs too. But I got me to the point where I'm. I host my own podcast. I do uh, speaking, and I get to connect with amazing individuals like yourself, Ryan. 
There's a lot in that uh, answer, Ted. Um, so I want to highlight a couple of things. I think you you would probably agree with this that, that most people um, we all have these like superficial reasons for 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 pursuing fitness. You know whether it's uh, and I, I don't mean superficial in a negative light, but like the 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 outward things like I want whether it's a six pack or just to lose weight or or you know I'm going to start with this personal trainer because I want to run. Uh, my first marathon or, or whatever it is. But I feel like most people who have been in the fitness industry or been in fitness for any length of time find that it helps them overcome or cope with some underlying issue. Do you feel like you having gone through what you went through made you a better coach or trainer and, and helped you, uh, gave gave you the tools to better help people through their own transformations or transitions? Absolutely. And what it did was it forced empathy into me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, and, and I don't think I would be the same person or would be able to relate to people who had gone through bad things. And it doesn't have to be anything like what I went through. It could be a divorce. It could be heart disease in the family, losing someone to heart disease or cancer, or you have a diabetic uh, family member who had to have their foot amputated, whatever it is, or, or a bankruptcy or any, any negative situation. Um, Also it reframed things for me. And, and I'll, and I'll uh, explain what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have a question? No, I, I, go ahead. I'm, one of my business coaches and, and personal mentors talks a lot about framing and reframing and, and how we can use that to our benefit. He was actually on the podcast really early on. Um, uh, Paul Reddick is his name. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say here. Sure. And I say this in part because someone may hear what I went through and say, whoa, that I, I don't relate to that. I've never lost anybody in those ways or and it helped me reframe all those things as stress in our life, right? And we all suffer from stress, some of us more than others, but it's all stress. So instead of thinking about the event, whatever it is, the divorce, the, the death, the bankruptcy, look at it as stress. And this is important because you can't change the fact that you had a bankruptcy. You can't change a death. You can't change any of those other things, those external things. But once you realize um, this has caused a stress reaction, a chronic stress reaction, my cortisol is probably through the roof. My cortisol, when, when my brother was killed, I bet it was through the roof. I never had my levels tested. I, I can't imagine. Yeah, it, it, it was incredibly it's just a crazy situation and and, and very damaging and and very, like I said, stressful. Mm -hmm. So when we start to reframe our, the events in our life as stress, we can say, well, I have tools, I have techniques to lower stress. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about it in that way, but that's how I think about it now. And I still have stress. It's not like I went through those trials by fire and now I'm this champion and can nothing can, can can break me. It's no, I'm building a business. It's hard. It's a struggle. And I know how to maintain myself. 
And so that's the message I try to spread to get people away from not that the superficial things of fitness or, you know, we all like nice glutes on, on a woman or, you know, we, we like to look our, our, at ourselves and see, uh, uh, you know, the, the results of the hard work visually. But also think about the other things. Think about how health and fitness and supplements can affect your life, the performance of your, uh, in your business, in your life, to be the best parent, to be, to be the best entrepreneur, business owner, career person. So that's what I love to – that's the message I love to spread. Absolutely, and, and I love that. And I think that's one of the reasons that, that you know, we have – resonated so well with each other the the times that we've connected uh over skype you know that's that's very much in line with our beliefs and our mission here with the optimal performance podcast and and with what we do at natural sex um so i want to go back and ask you a question uh about the celebrities um before we really get into you know what we're going to talk about today But, but before we get too far away from stress um you know, as you were talking, I could hear, you know, I think uh, it's it's human nature to want to control things, to control our environment, to control whatever. Um, one of the things that has been a huge help for me, um, and I guess to understand this, I have to tell you, tell a, small, a short story. Uh, I, I got a, a minor in possession of alcohol ticket when I was in college. Uh, so listeners of the show know that, that I, I don't drink uh, I used to. There was a time where I was I considered myself a professional drinker, uh, and it landed me in a little bit of trouble. Um, I had to attend AA meetings as part of my uh, penance to not have this ticket stay on my record. Um, and, and I learned the the prayer that's used at Alcoholics Anonymous meetings. And this isn't. Uh, an endorsement for AA or anything like that. It's just I, this, this poem or prayer, if you want to call it a prayer, just resonated then. And, and I think it really holds true in a lot of different situations today for a lot of different people. But, you know, we need to develop the ability to know what we can control, what we can't control. Um, and you know, if you're familiar with the prayer, if you're not, it, it's something like, you know, grant me the uh, do you know it, Ted, or you're nodding like you do? I, I do, yeah. The, I, I have had my own run-ins with uh, substance <laughs> use. So Okay, so it's it's grant me the serenity to accept the things that I can't change, uh, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? So I, I think that's so true, and, and I couldn't help but, but think about that when you were saying what you were saying is that, you know, the there, there's just so many things that cause us stress in our life that we cannot control. And by trying to control them, we only increase our stress. Uh, and if we can let them go, let them be focus on the things that we can control and put everything we have into those areas, uh, then, you know, we're able to better our circumstances, whether it's business or, um, you know, fitness or, or whatever it might be. So, uh, so, so that was really cool. Th- thank you for sharing that, Ted. You got it. And I love the message because there are a lot of people who will hear, hear my story and they'll feel really bad for me. And I, and I do appreciate that, right? I appreciate people caring. But I know a lot of people out there, they're taking antidepressants, they're on any anxiety medication, they feel depressed. 
and they don't have any big tragedy, so they don't have any reason. They don't understand why they feel that way. And I say, don't feel bad for me because I feel pretty great. I have my moments. I break down. Sometimes I, I reminisce about the past and the, the loved ones that I lost and who I'll never see again. But most of the time I'm kicking butt. And it's because I know how to maintain myself. And of course, there's a psychological component too. I'm going after what I want. I'm doing the things that I want. We talked about that when you were on my show. You're, you want to do cool stuff. You want to meet cool people. You want to have the experiences that make you feel like you're getting the most out of life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the psychological side. But no matter what you're, you're doing there, you've got to take care of your, the human body. It's, it's a machine. And just like every machine – it has rules that it runs by. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here with the optimal performance podcast, but just to reiterate the message. Well, we're going to go through a couple of those rules that you have kind of formulated over your 17 years in health and fitness. Um, And and I know that's kind of what what people were tuning in when they see the the title for this podcast episode. But um, before we do that, uh, you mentioned training um, some pretty big name celebrities. And and it's not that that I want to focus on uh, like how cool that is because it is cool. But I want to know, were there lessons that you learned from them? I mean, Richard Branson writes tons and tons of books on, you know, lessons that he can give people. I mean, you spent one-on-one time with him. And I mean, Robert Downey Jr., you guys must have been able to connect on, on a couple of different levels. You know, I think he's been through, you know, some struggles too. So are, are there lessons that you learned from them that, that you could share with our listeners? Sure. Uh, for Richard, I, I haven't spent that much time with him. I, I trained more his wife, but Richard called me a fit bastard. And so I, I should put that somewhere on my resume. Richard yeah. Branson called me a fit bastard. I, well, I, that should be the name I, of your podcast. The Fit Bastard Podcast? No, no Richard Branson called me a fit bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, I will say this. It was hard to get to the point to connect with Richard in okay. person. And it had to be, I believe I trained him at 6 in the morning. And he was only here uh, in Miami because he lives in Necker Island. And he was just passing through Miami. And he was going to get on a flight to go to Necker Island. And just how driven he is. And he knows about flow, like you talked about flow. Uh, he knows about he, – he does things specifically to get into that state, kite surfing and uh, all the other antics that he does. Uh, he plays a lot of tennis, and I was showing him exercises, mostly bodyweight exercises to do to because he doesn't do strength training. That's a shortcoming there because uh, – you know, and I, I wish I had more time to spend with him. Perhaps next time he's in Miami, I'll get to hammer that lesson home again. But, but uh, also I'll say about celebrities in general, it's a bit of an artificial barrier that we put up. There is not one person I've ever met. And I, we've named some celebrities, but I train guys who are CEOs. Multi, they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I've hung out with billionaires. There's not one person I've ever met who, oh, wow, you just have it all together. <laughs> they may have their business together, but they don't have other things together. We're all humans in progress. Okay. We all, every single one of us 
And you, you should show respect to someone if you appreciate what they've done in their life, but never put too big of a barrier. Never put someone too high above you because we're all in this together. We're all going to be uh, stardust at the end of our lives, even if science finds a way to extend our life. Like Dave Asprey keeps saying, saying he's going to live to 180 and Aubrey de Grey and all those great people. Um, and, uh, and, and I would say that they all have people surrounding them like me, uh, that, that help them achieve what they want to achieve. They know they don't have it all figured out. That would be the second thing or the third thing, I guess that I would say, say, have a team around them. They're, they're not know-it-alls. They don't, they don't say, Oh, I got this fitness thing handled. They have a trainer. I, I worked with Ricky for quite a while. I worked with Robert when he was uh, coming off of a bad situation. Probably, I, I don't remember the exact dates, but it was before his first, he was getting ready for his first Iron Man movie. And he was really into Wing Chun, yeah. which is martial art, which we yeah. see him doing now. Uh, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy, and he had just started Wing Chun. And I said, man, God, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, bro. I mean, did you watch Hoist Gracie in the UFC? And he's like, no, nah, I like this thing. He started messing around with me. And uh, I, I ankle picked him, which is a single leg takedown. I put him on his butt very gently and nicely. But he was like, oh, wow, I see it. But, but he still kept with the Wing Chun. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, people are just people. And, but, but they do do things. They surround themselves with people who raise them up with experts. Okay. Awesome. Those are really cool insights. Um, so let's do this. Let's transition and, and we'll talk a little bit about some of the, uh, the, the fitness lessons, um, that, that you have kind of compiled over your career. And, and if we were going to, you know, reduce it down to just these couple of bullet points. Um, I tell you what I'll do is you, you and I talked this through a little bit before we came on the show. Um, so I've got the list that, um, I'll go through, I'll pick a couple off. I'll, you know, kind of say it to you and let you go through the importance of that particular thing. Does that sound good? Sure. Absolutely. You say it's 80% nutrition is 100% bullshit. Elaborate, I do elaborate, please. Okay. Now I'll say first that, and I know you're a nutrition guy. I, I, we all understand that nutrition plays a part. However, what I dislike about people who say that or dislike about people dislike about that saying is that we know that calories overall, it's the most important thing, Right. In terms of now, uh, we could argue that and all calories aren't created equal. But at the end of the day, if you stopped eating, you're going to lose weight no matter what metabolic issue you have. If you just stopped eating for a few days, if you went and did an intermittent fast and went in a complete day without eating, you're going to lose weight, right? Um, so what, what, what I mean by that is don't discount the power of exercise, and there's another thing that people say that I don't like either. You can't out-train a bad diet, right? You can't out-train a bad diet. And unless you're eating like 12 large pizzas a day, if you're just stuffing yourself all day, probably not going to tra- out-train that, especially uh, if you have that as a behavior. You're probably not in the gym. But you can th- – the point is don't discount the power of exercise. And why I say that? 
because most people, they'll, they'll do something like they'll start drinking Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee, right, which I enjoy as well. And then they'll have a, maybe a, a meal or two a day. And then they look in the mirror. They're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't look the way I want to look. And it's like, well, you, you bitch one quarter of your body weight. You're, you're, you're weak. Your aerobic system is not so good. So don't discount the power of exercise because it's a powerful stimulus to change your body. And uh, there's, there's no diet that's going to make you stronger or to build muscle without that stimulus of exercise. And another thing, just really quick, most people also don't understand how sedentary they are. It's like, well, I go into the gym three hours a week and I crush it. Yeah, but there's 168 something hours in in the the, the week, and you're okay. So you knocked off three, and and a bunch of them should be spent on sleep. But you're sitting on your butt because we're all knowledge workers now. Most people, what I tell people to do, shoot for five hours of exercise a day, and that uh, five hours of mm-hmm. exercise a week. Sorry, and look to be active on top of that. So that's what I mean by that. Okay. So I think one of the things that comes to my mind in that answer is, first of all, I am one of the people who say you cannot out-train a bad diet. And I stand by that. I will say that because to me, when I say that, it's like, I, it's it's kind of similar to what you're saying where like, you know, even even think Michael Phelps when he was originally in the Olympics and it came out that he was eating, you know, chocolate chip pancakes and all that stuff. And sure, you know. Yeah, he may have looked good then, but if you compare his body then to his body now, he looks better in these Olympics. But what you're also not able to see is the effect that that stuff has on his cellular machinery, uh, his telomeres. You've got a lot of other things going on, and and you're also not really able to kind of quantify his mental performance. Um, But as you said, we're knowledge workers. He was not a knowledge worker. He just needed pure fuel. Um, you know, the other thing. By the is, way, I agree with you on what you said. Right. Well, I and, agree with you. And the, I'm and, just being controversial and calling out all the bros who say that. Right. right. Like, oh, you. And and they're they're not even eating the way they're not on the ketogenic or high fat diet. Right. right? Well, and the other thing that that you know I, I like kind of supporting what you're saying about exercises. I mean, I, I remember this from anatomy and physiology in college. Form follows function. Your body will take on the look, the form, the shape of what you repeatedly ask it to do. Uh, so if you want to look like Michael Phelps, you should probably start swimming more than an hour a week. Um, if you sit on the couch, like you said, if you're, if you're active three hours out of 168 every week, you're not going to look like an NFL you know, linebacker, it's just not going to happen. So, uh, I, I think, I know you, you phrase that in a way to, to, to get attention. It's a, it's a, it's an attention grabbing headline. So, uh, but it's good information. I, I think that's something that, um, I think we, we always look at, you know, Hey, can I just do this diet or can I just do this exercise program and get where I want to be? But these are all things that have to work, you know, in synergy as, as a holistic thing. So. Absolutely. And definitely don't discount your diet. And I know being on the Optimal Performance Podcast, 
this is an educated group. They're a smart group. They like your company because you cite the science. But I do also just want to emphasize the power of exercise and understanding the intensity that you do it, the consistency that you do it, the frequency that you do it, and also the volume that you do. Those are all things that uh, can make you look like Michael Phelps-ish, even if you're eating chocolate pancakes, even if that's not ideal for telomere length and mitochondria and all the other things uh, that that you know way more about than I do. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, th- this person in your in your hypothetical example that, you know, is benching a quarter of their body weight, their aerobic system sucked. You've got two bullet points on here uh, that deal with aerobic system. So let's let's talk about aerobic system. Clarify for our listeners, you know, exactly what that means, because I think a lot of people still think Richard Simmons in a step aerobics class. Uh, what is our aerobic system? Um, Start there, and then I'll ask you some of these others that you have listed. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of the way to explain this in a, that doesn't dive too deep. What we're, we're, we're talking about is energy systems, and we're talking about aerobic conditioning. Mm-hmm. And we're, what we're talking about, what I mean by that specifically, is you get different adaptations to your body when you do aerobic exercise versus doing high-intensity interval training versus uh, – strength training. And specifically with aerobic exercise, we know that it increases the size of your left ventricle. It causes eccentric hypertrophy because the stretching of that left ventricle, that improves your stroke volume. It improves the amount of blood uh, you're able to pump throughout your body. Why is that important? Well, you're, you'll get a rest, lower resting heart rate. You'll, you'll have higher HRV if you track heart rate variability, which I do. Um, you'll also uh, grow more mitochondria, mitochondrial biogenesis. You will also, uh, there's some research that shows that aerobic exercise in particular decreases the sympathetic tone of your autonomic nervous system. In other words, it can help you reduce stress. Uh, there's also um, research that shows uh, aerobic exercise specifically increases BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which helps your hippocampi uh, 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 create new brain cells, which helps with memory, learning, and perhaps even creativity. So strength training won't do that. And glycolytic training, lactic acid training, whatever you want to call it, high intensity interval training, or, or yeah, that it does it hasn't been shown yet to do that. Now there's other things that you get from doing those uh, doing those uh, types of exercises, but you can't do cardio. Well, actually, I put down there you can do cardio with weights, and I can clarify that. But you can't that the pounding that happens when you're doing a hard set of a deadlift or when you're sprinting, it does not cause the same type of uh, adaptations in your body that aerobic exercise will. So I think one of the things I want to ask you now is to this, despite this being the optimal performance podcast, I don't think that we've ever had a guest on who, who actually laid out all of the different energy systems and, and provided an example 
of a type of training that fell under each of those for our listeners. I think you and I, when we, when you say glycolytic, I know exactly what you're talking about, uh, or high intensity. So, so can you go through each of those energy systems, um, and, and explain in, in one or two sentences what each one is, and then give an example of like what the, uh, what, what kind of workout people would associate with that? Sure. Thanks for putting me on the spot. Should have studied my my exercise physiology book, but sure, I'll give it a shot. So you have your, your okay, a few things about energy systems. You have three of them, right? Three energy systems. You know this, obviously, but for your listeners. And a lot of people think it's either or, but they all work all the time, okay, uh, when you're doing things. It's just certain types of activities are more dominant with one particular energy system than another. So that said, you have your, your creatine phosphagen system, right? Your ATP and creatine phosphagen. That is uh, your short, your short strength bursts, right? Your, uh, your set of five reps on a heavy lift. Uh, So that would be an example of that. Okay. Or, or a quick sprint. 10 second sprint. Then you have your glycolytic, which is what most people think of when it comes to exercise, which is the burning in the muscles or, or, or think of when it, when it comes to lifting weights, the burning that you get from doing some black pull lounge or biceps or triceps. You're like, ah, I had to stop. It was burning my muscle. So that means that you shifted away from, uh, you, you know, using your aerobic system and your, uh, your, your ATP you ran out of ATP and the, the creatine phosphagen. So you, now you are burning sugar for energy. You're burning the glycogen in your muscles and the pro the, the, uh, which that exercise, that physiological mechanism is what causes that burning, right? You build up hydrogen ions, and people aren't exactly sure what happens, right? But that's the burning sensation. So doing a set until failure of, of you know, 10 reps or 12 reps or going for doing high-intensity interval training and your legs are on fire because you're doing jump squats or lunges or whatever, that's your, your glycolytic system. Um, and doing aerobic exercise is something where you don't – your heart rate – maintains you stay within a certain heart rate zone and you don't create those byproducts of metab of of glycolytic metabolism so you don't feel the burning in your muscles and uh, or not as much right because all the energy systems work at the same time but and that would be that would be most people would think of running or jogging at, at a pace where you can where I can maintain a conversation like you and I, we go jogging and, and we're talking about things and uh, we're, that would be an example. However, you don't necessarily, there are ways to ro- work the aerobic system that don't necessarily have to be those traditional methods. But uh, that's, that's what, those are some examples of each of the energy systems. Yeah, that's perfect. And uh, so I just want to add when you mentioned creatine phosphate, uh, that's anaerobic. Right, I yes. think I think you you meant anaerobic, but you said aerobic. Um, Oops, so that's fine. Uh, I just want to clarify. So if anybody caught that and was confused, um, 
I like to think of like a track, right? So basically, like you said, anything 10 or 12, people argue 13 seconds, uh, that's all the anaerobic or, or creatine phosphate energy system. Um, and then up to one lap or, or up to like 60 seconds is typically glycolytic. And then basically like your, your 5Ks and stuff like that are uh, the final one. Um, so that was perfect. Thank you for, for that's way more simple than I did. And you did it in 10 seconds. <laughs> I like it, right? <laughs> so, um, so, so I guess the other thing that for our listeners that I want to emphasize is that, you know, you mentioned HRV earlier. I'm specifically not asking you about that because we had Mike Nelson on the show way, way, way back and talked about HRV. So if you guys want to, um, dig into HRV heart rate variability, Go back and look up that episode. I want to say it's somewhere between 11 and 16. I don't remember exactly which episode it was, but that was a really cool one. Mike is actually going to come back on the show in the future um, with a couple other ketone experts, and we're going to talk about ketosis and ketones. Uh, but what we just discussed in terms of energy systems is going to be a very important foundation for that ketone discussion and the applications of ketones. Uh, so be on the lookout for that podcast coming up soon. Um, okay, so Ted, energy systems, uh, you can work the aerobic system or do cardio with weights. Um, how do we do that? A few different ways. So a lot of people mistakenly think, oh, well, I want to do aerobic exercise, cardio, so I need to go running. But you don't necessarily have to do that. In fact, your heart isn't saying, no, no, you're not running or swimming or biking or rowing. So we're not going to get those aerobic adaptations. Your heart doesn't know the difference. So if it's working in the aerobic range, it's aerobic exercise. However, it needs to be consistent enough. It needs to be long enough to create the, all the adaptations we talked about. So what it, I'll tell you what I do. And I learned this from Joel Jameson, who is someone you should have on the show. I use his HRV as yeah. well. Uh, but this this is a this is the way I took Joel's information and applied it to my goals because he trains MMA guys. I'm not interested, at least anymore, being in BJJ or, or, or MMA training. Right. Um, so I want to use it for my clients and myself to to look better and get in better shape. So an example would be. Uh, and you have to have enough uh, enough strength, which is, like you said on my show, the foundation of all other qualities, right. fitness qualities. So you could do bodyweight squats for five minutes. You could do band rows for five minutes. You could do uh, – and there's many different ways of doing this, but I'm sharing something that I feel is, is really effective mm -hmm. – uh, you could do band pushes for five minutes and you have to be use a band and uh, you need to be strong enough doing bodyweight squats to be able to maintain a pace that keeps your heart rate in the aerobic range, whatever that is for you. You can look up the Carvonin formula and figure it out that way. You can just, if you want to, if you're lazy, you can shoot for maybe 120 to 140, you know, but people have different size hearts. So you need to kind of pay attention uh, uh, to, in, to, to what you do. Some people also, if you're on any medication like beta blockers that, or that can affect your heart rate as well. So just keep those things in mind, but you can do, uh, an activity like that 
five minutes each, repeat that for 30 minutes, build up to 45 or even an hour. And uh, by cycling through each of the three exercises, just to keep it a simple example, you could also do shadow boxing, which I was a big fan of before I got uh, three herniated discs in my neck. Um, but, but what I like about this strength training or using something like band pushes for five minutes instead of maybe just working through a circuit or something where you do a bunch of different exercises, maintaining your aerobic, uh, maintaining your heart rate in the aerobic zone is you start to build up, uh, you, you can hypertrophy the slow twitch. You can build, sorry, uh, the, the slow twitch muscles. You also get specific adaptations in your pushing, pulling, and leg muscles that you wouldn't develop if you were all over the place. So you're going to increase the vascularity, the the vascular network. Um, and and uh, you know, did you have a question? Well, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that it's great for you know the things like Golgi tendons and and you know joints, connective tissue, the things that aren't as vascularized as skeletal muscles. So that it it would that would be a great way to support the things that support the performance work that you do, like, you know, it could make, it can help make your shoulders and elbows better able to handle heavy benching or, or other pressing. If you're more, you know, if you're like, how do I do cardio that supports my performance work? Absolutely. And I wasn't even going to bring that up, but yeah, your synovial fluid, right? You can't, the worst way to, the, the way to kill a joint is to not move it. But doing this light activity, it will help you. And if you're suffering from any of the joint injuries, uh, the overuse injuries, absolutely give that a try. And it will also help you burn calories, i.e. fat, off your body. And it's something that you can work up to uh, even doing 45 or 60 minutes. And why that's important is because it's very low intensity. You're working with a low enough load so that you can do it for 5, 10 minutes an exercise, try to pick something that's at least five minutes that you can do for five minutes. Um, and you can even try this just with bodyweight squats and work your way up to even 20 minutes. I've done uh, 20 minutes of bodyweight squats with a 40 pound weight vest oh my uh, for aerobic conditioning. And because that's the level of load that I needed to, right. to, uh, to otherwise my heart rate wasn't getting high enough. So that's one way of doing it. That would be that would be the equivalent, uh, the weight training equivalent of do, going running. Mm -hmm. There's also something else that I want to share. Hopefully, I can explain it in a way that's not super technical. But it's called high intensity continuous training. Now, most people have probably never heard of that before. So here's the thing with high intensity interval training. It's really not that high intensity when it comes to the load. It's talking about what your heart rate does, right? right. So you're really using a low load to, to really jack your heart rate up. So high-intensity interval training, uh, high-intensity continuous training, going to try to not mess my words up, but this is a way of doing a lot of strength training and maintaining an aerobic heart rate zone. And I learned this directly from Joel, uh, but I use it a lot. And what you do is you pick an exercise like doing uh, body weight step ups with with a weight vest on. How much? It depends on the person and what your what your uh, level of strength is. But doing a rep every three to five seconds for up to twenty minutes for just one exercise. 
and keeping your heart rate in say the around the 150s it's probably going to go up a little bit higher it's going to more be closer to your anaerobic threshold uh, if you want to if you're an energy systems geek like I am so it's going to be a bit higher perhaps than what we talked about first but it's a way to get a lot of strength training and here I want to share something I want to share the exact routine that I've used yeah please so 20 minutes uh, start with five minutes, and by the way, this will produce profound soreness. But the thing is, if you go some, if you take someone and go into uh, you know uh, a CrossFit workout like Murph, where you're doing 200 pull-ups and 300, you get it. You're you're in pain the entire time. You know something bad's going to happen after. You're going right. to be sore. Right. This is very deceptive. Because your heart rate never jacks up, you never feel the burning like you do when doing those more high, those other methods. So you're like, oh, I can keep going. I even had a client who went for 12 minutes of body weight squats. She was she couldn't walk for a few days, which you know I told her it was going to happen. She was right. game for it. So th- keep that in mind because of the eccentric, right? Listeners, because of the eccentric listeners, you've been warned. If you try this, don't complain about being sore. Yeah, absolutely. So 20 minutes of, say, something like step-ups with uh, body weight, uh, with, with, with your body weight, or even with weight vest if you have a high level of strength, relative strength. Um, I personally do reverse lunges, so that's what I've done, up, up to 20 minutes. And again, um, you have to have a heart rate monitor on, and you have to be monitoring your heart rate. And the monitor I use, it's a PS100 polar heart rate. So it, it gives me the my aerobic range for the day based on my heart rate variability. So I, I stay within those parameters that it gives me. For you, you'll have to figure it out. But don't go anaerobic. Don't go glycolytic. You shouldn't feel the burning, and your heart should not be pounding. It should be some, a pace that you can keep up for a while. So after that, I'll rest five minutes and then I'll do ring rows, one rep every three to five seconds. And you can do, again, up to 20 minutes of that. Uh, and then you rest for another five minutes and do so, so and, and do a pushing exercise. Um, you could use a push-up, uh, but I like dips better. So a body weight dip, because you can hit a dip and just rest with a push-up. You would have to push up and get off your arms. To allow uh, the the you know the the lactate to and hydrogen ions to to go away, right. so um, you would do a rep again every three to five seconds, and you keep that up, making sure that your heart rate is in the right zone the entire time. And again, it's deceptively it's deceptively uh, strong as a stimulus because you never feel like you're doing high intensity interval training or like your heart rate never goes up but you will be profoundly sore the next day. So start with five minutes for the first week, 10 minutes the second week, bump it up to maybe 15 minutes the third week, back off on the fourth week, give yourself a deload, and then start again with 10 minutes the following week, 15 minutes, work your way up to 20 minutes for the third week, then back off on the fourth week again, do a 10-minute deload. And that's a way you can um, you can build your aerobic system with strength training. And it's a fantastic method, and try that once or twice a week. That sounds amazing. It sounds really cool. It's fascinating to hear uh, because, like I said, we, we really haven't 
gone too deep into that rabbit hole of energy systems and, and training like this on the show before. Uh, I, I had with the gym and with House of Strength and that podcast, but um, never on the optimal performance. So uh, you guys listening, be sure to let us know uh, if this is a topic that you want more of. Uh, we'll, we'll push Ted to see if uh, he can introduce us to Joel. Um, I have Joel's book. That's what, if you see me kind of peeking around, I'm trying to see if I can see it on my bookshelf over there. Yeah, it's it, a great uh, book. 12 weeks. Uh, Ultimate it? MMA conditioning. Yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. Um, and, and that's another one like you were talking about with uh, with Mel Sif's super training where it's like everybody has it and it's, it's heavy reading. It really is. I've read... Joel's entire book many times. Yeah. I keep coming back to it over the years. But it's, super training, I'll never read. <laughs> never. Yeah, I can't, no. I'll fall asleep. Uh, Joel's, Joel's is good. I, it is one that like you, you, you come back to it. And that's, I think that's, that's a very, it's a great quality for any book to, to have, you know, to, to be one that you come back to. Um, so, Ted, let's do this. Um, you said... Uh, so, so as you were going through that answer, it, it sounds time consuming. It sounds like, you know, uh, it, it just sounds like a big time investment. So uh, another one of your bullet points was, uh, you know, uh, how to set up your programming to get the most out of your time. Um, so, so I guess, can you elaborate on, on how somebody can do this and have it not take up as much time as it sounds like? Sure. And well, the way I delineated that, that example of the high intensity continuous training, that will take up to an hour if you're able to do the 20 minutes or actually a little bit longer, including the three to five minutes rest in between each, uh, each, each uh, 20 minute, you know, five to 20 minute segment. But you're going to start off with five minutes. Okay. So really, that's a five. Let's say you start off at five minutes. And then you rest five minutes and then do another. So, so that's 30 minutes of your time. Right. I set up to 20 minutes and I'll tell you why, because that's the parameter that I learned. But also we all need to decide what we want out of our fitness routine. And the fact is that everyone's different, but we all know what works. Intensity, frequency, volume. <laughs> yeah. So in other words, you, you got to keep getting stronger and doing a bunch of exercise until you look or perform the way you want. And how much is dependent on each person. For a woman, I, I have Giselle who's she, she's pretty lean to begin with. She does never works out more than 30 minutes. And some of my clients who are super busy, they never work out in more than 30 minutes. Are they ever going to look like the cover model of a men's health magazine? No, they're not, right? Unless they dieted down and did something like that, but not just from the exercise program, right? So uh, we all have to decide that. But you can reap the benefits. So, so for a physique goal, or for a performance goal, you're going to have to work hard. But you can reap the benefits, the psychological benefits, the health benefits, and yes, even look better from 20 minutes uh, a few times a week, 30 minutes a few times a week. I mean, I can even give you other examples 
that you can try out as well that are less uh, scientific and, and nerdy than that. But I think those are really cool examples. Yeah. Those are really cool because even with my experience, I've only heard about those through Joel. Give us a couple other examples. It'd be cool to just arm our listeners with a couple of different tools that they can try out. Yeah. And uh, I, I will say that if you want to try some of this stuff out, then I have a fitness coaching program. So I just want to give a shameless plug yeah. to my fitness pro- coaching program where I, I have people do this stuff, right? And I put it together in a way that makes sense for their schedule. And if you want a highly personalized program, you got to do the one-on-one with me. But if you want a more general program, uh, which is very, we're, we're having a 50% off because it's in the beta test version. We, it's very affordable. And that's at legendarylifepodcast.com slash coaching. Um, but let me give you some other examples. Do you want, you want them based on time for, for the busy professional? Yeah, let's, let's do a couple that, that may be based on time. Okay. So density training. You mentioned Charles Daly, who uh, is, is a buddy of mine, and he came up with something years ago that is simply brilliant. It's called density training, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And it's basically, instead of, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to work out for an hour and here's my program or for 45 minutes, and uh, I think it'll take about 45 minutes or an hour, he said instead, have, have set a timer for a 5, 10, 15, or even 20-minute segment and alternate between some exercises. And the way I use it for a busy, let's say you're a busy professional and you say you got less than, less than, um, let's say you have 30 minutes to work out. You spend five of that warming up and then you pick three exercises or four, you could even pick four. You would do a push, an upper body push, an upper body pull and a leg exercise. And uh, to make it easy, we can say, um, uh, reverse lunges because I love glute dominant, hip dominant exercises more than I do quad dominant. Yeah. We can say push ups, and if you're really strong uh, with with your body weight, maybe dips. Uh, and we can say a ring row or a TRX row, mm-hmm. which you can all do those in your house. And you set a timer for for ten minutes or fifteen minutes, and you go. You run through as many times as you can those exercises. Now, how many reps should you do? Uh, If you want more strength-oriented, try exercises that you can do for maybe five to seven reps and do three reps. Uh, If you want more hypertrophy, so more muscle building, um, stick with a a weight that you can do maybe – 10 times or 12 times and then do maybe six or eight reps each one and just run through it and see how many times you can run through the cycle in, in that 15 or 20 minute period. And, um, and if you're able every week to do more rounds, then you're increasing your volume. Um, and, and that's good for volume is good for building muscle and it's good for, for burning calories, burning fat. And um, if you want more strength, then then focus on on lifting heavier weights uh, every. I wouldn't say every week, but but every month. And uh, you know that this you can get a great workout and do that two to three times a week, and do some walking 
or some aerobic exercise, not the high intensity, not the stuff that we talked about. You want to stick with something a little bit lighter on the joints and, and you do that 20 or 30 minutes a week. So you have five times a week, which is what I uh, say people say to people, if you want to change your body, shoot for five times a week, five workouts a week. And then there you, there you have it. Perfect. I love it. Um, so Ted, we ran into this problem when I was on your show. We're, we're kind of, there's so much more that we can talk about, but we're almost sure. out of time. Um, just real quick, you've mentioned frequency, volume, and intensity a few times. Um, can you explain the relationship between those and how people should uh, view them you know, as they fit together in, in any system or program that they're using? Okay, sure. So intensity, the, the challenge, the, the amount of weight you're lifting – or I'm a big fan of gymnastic strength training, so it, it very extreme body weight exercises uh, done for strength. So are you doing a harder version of an exercise? Are you lifting heavier weight? That's intensity. And we know that mechanical tension or how much weight you're lifting, key driver uh, of definitely strength, but, but of hypertrophy as well. Right, so if you want to build muscle, you want to get stronger. You need to lift more weight or do harder versions of exercises. Now, volume is like the uh, is like the key driver of muscle growth. Mm-hmm. So whether you're doing, a, you know, that's that's how many sets and reps you're doing. Right. Right. And there's a strength endurance continuum. We could talk about rep ranges, but just to keep it short, doing more exercise leads to more. Uh, more, more growth, more muscle growth, right? And it definitely leads to more uh, calorie burning. So, um, and the third one, I'm sorry, was it frequency that yep. we talked about? Yep. Okay, so frequency, really important thing is um, not just not just how consistent you are, how much weight you lift, or, or how much volume you do, but also how many times a week. And when I say frequency, how often are you hitting the muscle groups? Research shows that you can hit a muscle group, a big muscle group like your legs or, or your back, your chest to, you know, twice a week, it takes two to three days for it to fully recover. So if you're on the bro split, the chest on Mondays, the back on Tuesdays, and you do that once a week, you're, you're not hit, you're not being frequent enough. And you don't have to believe me on that. Go, go experiment with it. Go do total body workouts three times a week and see if that higher frequency of, of hitting that muscle stimulates more change for you, more growth in your body, more fitness. And also the amount of times you work out per week, uh, the frequency of exercise matters. Um, so that's what I meant by frequency. Okay, perfect. Um, if you had to give our listeners your single best stress reduction tip, what's the best way to reduce stress? Whoa, man. I, okay. Single best way to reduce stress. I got it. Most people aren't as stressed as they think they're more sleep deprived. So what to do? If you feel like you're a super stressed person, you need to perform sleep hygiene to get your butt in bed by 10 PM. And, and if you're freaking out when I say 10 PM and you can't possibly imagine doing that, then you're probably sleep deprived, <laughs> not too stressed. But I'll give you some bonuses. MagTech uh, magnesium supplement from Natural Stacks, um, Epsom salt baths, 
uh, 10-minute meditation using the Headspace app and doing aerobic exercise because that will decrease the sympathetic tone and, uh, and, and help you manage your stress and be more resilient to stress. I like it. I know that was way more than one, man. But no, but that's awesome. Go. That's awesome. Um, all right. So, Ted, uh, tell our listeners where they can find more of you. Absolutely. And, Ryan, thanks so much for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. Oh, you're, you're not done yet. Don't thank me yet. You have oh, one, okay. You have, okay. One, you have one more spotlight. Okay. Got it. Uh, so, you, if you want to hear more about the, the craziness that I'm into, I, I cover health, fitness, mindset, a lot of what I covered today. Uh, except there are more episodes, obviously more hours, and you can go to legendarylifepodcast.com and find all that there. And if you want to get your health and fitness handled, you want me to be your coach, go to legendarylifepodcast.com and click on the coaching tab or slash coaching, and you can check out what we got going on there. You know, for whatever it's worth for you guys listening, I would hire Ted to to handle my um workout or fitness regimen so if if that's an endorsement then uh there you go ted you would make me work too hard man you're in too good a shape i would have to spend so much time how do we get ryan in even better shape and looking even more fit than he already does uh, it, it, i've seen your rope climbs and your, your deadlifts no all right your top three tips to live optimal top three tips to live optimal yep. uh Sleep hygiene. Okay. So I already talked about that. Going to bed at a uh, you know a decent time, nine, ten. If you're going past eleven, you'll never be optimal. Period. Circadian rhythms. I'm sure it's something you talk about on this show. And the other things that you can do for sleep hygiene: stay off the the lights at night. Turn down the lights, dim them. Stay off your computers, etc. So so I do a whole thing on sleep hygiene on my show. Second thing, engage in frequent exercise. I love, we already talked about this, but I love frequent exercise. And the reason is, um, we not only stimulate our bodies, but we stimulate our minds when we exercise. So doing exercise that is perhaps maybe less hard on the body, but more frequent, whatever that is for you, and for some people can do CrossFit five days a week and be fine and others that would, you know, send them to the hospital. So whatever it is for you, but find a way to engage in frequent exercise, whether that's taking walks or do, doing some of the things that we shared today. And um, then nutrition. Um, I would say I, I know you probably cover a lot and excuse me, this is your wheelhouse, but I would say eat more powerhouse vegetables. The CDC did a study on the most nutrient-dense vegetables. They call it powerhouse vegetables. Mm -hmm. So everybody is in love with kale. And if you look on Instagram, it's got 2 million hits. But if you look at uh, this, this nutrient density uh, list of vegetables, kale came in at number 15. Now, that's not the whole story. and We don't have time to d dive into all the nuances. Right. But go look up that study. Go look up that list, powerhouse vegetables, and start including Napa cabbage, watercress, uh, chives, romaine lettuce, and all the other foods that it has on there so that you benefit from uh, all the amazing vitamins, minerals, and preventive uh, other, other nutrients that prevent disease and help us live and perform and feel optimal. That's really cool. Uh, you know, 
it, it's not often that somebody talks about something that I'm not familiar with in the terms of the, the nutrition sphere. So powerhouse vegetables, guys, for you guys listening, um, I will look into that. We'll put a link to that, obviously, in the show notes, but I'll look into it. We'll see if we can't get somebody on in a future episode to talk about it or maybe have Ted back. Um, and uh, we'll bring you some more information on that stuff later. Ted, the frequent exercise thing, I love that. I, I'm a huge fan of it. I think we talked about this earlier where, you know, as humans, we are, uh, we're, we're kind of wired to connect with other humans. Uh, we're social organisms, um, but we're also movers. We're, we're designed to move. And uh, like you alluded to, it, it helps us physically, um, spiritually, emotionally, uh, mentally. So um, huge fan of that. And, you know, I'm sure you and I can nerd out about high frequency training and stuff. Uh, if, if we ever run into each other in person, uh, it'll be a fun conversation. Absolutely. We definitely got to connect sometime. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Have a bulletproof coffee together. Yes, or 10. <laughs> or 10, yeah. So, Ted, that, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us. For you guys listening, head over to naturalstacks.com to see the blog version of this. We'll have the video. We'll have the links to Ted's podcast, his site, um, all of the links to the resources that we mentioned. Um, if you guys have not done so yet, please go to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. Let us know how much you like the podcast. Believe it or not, that really does help our listening. Um, and of course, share the podcast. I'm sure that this one had some really cool stuff in it for you guys. Um, so share it with somebody you know who's into fitness um, or, or sleep or, or just needs help on whatever journey path that they're on. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Ryan. It was a lot of fun, man.